0: Welcome to Inside Franklin Athletics. This is an episode I have been looking forward to for the past however long it was that we booked this. This is a special episode uh, with one of my favorite people that I've encountered in my time at Franklin Community High School. I am Brian Powers. And I'm Chaz Hill. With us on the line today, we have a legend 1979 South Ridge (laughs) Raider High School graduate. He graduated there the all-time leading passer, receiver, rusher, and tackler. 1983 (laughs) graduate of Hanover College, leading passer, rusher, tackler, and punter. Franklin Community High School teacher and coach from, I'm not sure, I forgot to do research on that one. Uh he he got the call from home the call to come home he is currently serving as the Southridge High School athletic director for another couple months also the honorary milford mudlark we have with us the man the myth the legend brett bardwell
1: wow What's thank you awesome you What's that
0: was I accurate on any of those?
1: You were pretty close, I mean, <laughs> you' very, very close on quite a few of those, especially the tackling. Yes the heck of a defender in my day, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: so uh, Mr. Bardwell, how are you doing?
1: man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great austin p <laughs> uh one of my favorite people, one of my favorite students I had, and then Tez hill um Kaz, of course, your dad, Charlie Hill, awesome receiver. When I played at Hanover, great guy. And, uh, man, it's an honor to be on here. Uh, sure, loved my time at Franklin High School and that community, man. Great place.
0: That is, that is awesome, and uh, we're glad to have you on here. We are both, I think this is the most excited either of us have ever been, have been for a podcast that we've had. And so it's, uh, and uh, oh, I, I
1: don't know if I can – that puts pressure on me right there. I'll do my best.
0: <laughs> I like applying pressure to you, Bardwell. Um,
1: and don't you worry, okay, Bardwell. Okay. I, okay. Talked to,
2: I talked to Charlie and he, uh, he left you some questions.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly no. Hill. Hill, number 22. Heck <laughs> of a player out of Beach Grove. Man. He,
0: he's, uh, he intense wears, dude. Very intense, dude. He wears uh, 22. Uh, played in the early eighties. It sounds like he would have like one of those cut off shirts. Oh absolutely with the with the, uh, with the the pads hanging out the bottom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you what, Steve Hill would yeah, you know, he, he was pretty cut. He was uh he was in shape, man. I mean he, he could have worn one of those and his stomach uh he, he had the, he had the he had the build to do it. Um that's for sure. Um so <laughs>
0: Bardwell, uh, what, yeah. uh, how are you, how are you handling this, uh, this lock-in? I know that your schedule kind of became a little bit more clear and, uh, you're, uh, you're about to retire from, from the AD position. Um, but you have, uh, it's kind of made it a little bit more of an easy transition.
1: Well, yeah, that, you know, there's always, I guess, a silver lining. I mean, uh, but you know, I, I was looking forward to a lot of things, you know, in my last few months, we were getting ready to host the basketball regional, uh, um, we had hosted the sectional and, uh, we were just getting ready to host the regional. Uh, we had our basketball regional meeting and, and, uh, we discussed bringing in extra Hand sanitizer and all those kind of things. That was on a Tuesday, and by Thursday, you know, you know how the things really started changing so quickly. By Thursday, you know, it was going to be seventy-five people allowed in, and then per team. And then by Friday, it was canceled, and and uh, things just continued to progress from there. And um, it's, um, you know, a bigger. Uh, issue than just sports, obviously, and uh, it just is, but but at the same time, I feel really bad for, you know, the kids and their parents, um, you know, not getting to play and not getting to participate, especially seniors, uh, not just athletes, but but all of them, you know, that their senior year just kind of possibly abruptly coming to an end and just, just kind of strange times. Um, but, um, and it's affecting everybody in different ways, but we're doing okay here. Um, you know, kind of locked down with my family Mm -hmm. and, and, um, taking a one day to time. So
0: how, I mean, as an, as an athletic director and you guys are hosting the regionals, which I mean, you know you've got a, a great gym there um, and you you get something like that which you know as a, as an athletic director, it has to obviously the economic help that it provides for you. but also just you know, how would you feel as a, as a former athlete if something like that was kind of taken away? I mean, not by anyone's fault at all, but did just did you put yourself in the in the athlete's position in that?
1: Yeah, I think that you know you try to you try to put your put yourself in, in their position in a lot of things when you're an athletic director or a teacher or a coach. I think that's your job is you always try to, to do what's best for your student athletes, and you always try to think uh, from their perspective on certain issues. Um, you know, I was just just up at the last night um, for about four or five hours, things down, you know, we had still had our coolers full of Cokes and, and things like that, that I had to take out. And, and, uh, it was just kind of a surreal scene up there. You know, it was still set up to host a regional and, um, it just never happened. But, um, you know, for the kids, you know, you just, you like you say, you, it, you feel bad. I think it's something that is just, um, takes everyone a while to process and i think it's something that is probably going to affect the kids you know for a long long time in terms of their memory of how their their you know for example for those basketball players those seniors and especially how their careers ended you know because there were teams that obviously felt they could advance um Heritage Hills down here one of our local schools had a tremendous, tremendous team. Uh, they were a state championship caliber team and and loaded with some seniors. And and now they'll never know. So that's just that's just tough. I I don't know how history is going to look back on that, but I'm sure someday there will be some articles about the state champion that never was or things like that. But like I said though, in the bigger picture, in the bigger picture, you know, you 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 listen to the to the medical experts and those that are in charge and try to you know you do what you're told to do and 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 um and health and safety is number one for for everyone, so that's that's how you got to view it right now how does
0: do they take into account i mean I'm assuming I guess that would be just all those decisions to cancel and stuff like that would be kind of above above your head. that's just you're kind of at their mercy
1: mm-hmm. as far as canceling the regional and those types yeah, of things yeah yeah. Yeah, though you know that was an IHSAA decision mm-hmm. and of course that became something that you know it just filtered down from everything as we've seen from the NBA and in all sports and all activities, you know, it's just it just continued to um a domino effect there and you know I I credit the IHSAA because you know they tried to, you know, initially make adjustments to still have the tournament and uh, you know, with, with limiting the fans, and they they hung in there as long as they could. But you know, they had to do what they had to do. Um, as far as the financial impact, um, yeah, huge financial impact on a, you know on a lot of a lot of people. And in our community, in our school, hosting a sectional, a boys basketball sectional regional, it is a it is nice financial boon for our community. You know, with people coming in and going to restaurants and buying gas and things like that. For us, we get the concessions at those pretty large tournaments, which are, are good financially for us. So, that that was a that was a bit of a hit with the regional, but right. um, nothing compared to what some people are, are getting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, well, we are we're done talking about the athletic director and then the canceling and everything we've been talking about COVID nineteen. Everyone's hearing <laughs> okay. that. So now it's Bardwell. Uh, so, you are my from my favorite subject. Absolutely. <laughs> so you are at yeah. Southridge, uh, Southridge High School, right now. That's where you're from, God's country, Southwest Indiana, down by Jasper, Huntingburg, beautiful area. Um, so you're at Southridge. T- tell us about your career at Southridge.
1: As far as when I was a student, or Just, yeah, is that what you mean when I when I was in high school?
0: We're going old school.
1: Yeah, that is old school. Uh, Well, uh, there's not a lot to tell. Um, I I would say, you know, my dad was athletic director here um, for 30 years, and then I've been for about 20. So uh, when I was in school, my dad was the AD, and of course, I I grew up loving sports, um, football, basketball, baseball. I played all three, and I was, you know, okay in in them. Um, It was fun. Uh, I loved high school. Um, I, I don't, you know, as well as people that really loved high school, it was, it was fun. And, uh, I love, you know, I liked living down here and I'm, I'm sure that's one of the reasons I, I wanted to come back home, you know, be near my family and, and also back at Southridge. It's something about, um, for me, Southridge, just being, uh, you know, having a passion for it. It's in my blood. It's just, I don't know. I just love, love my school. And so getting to come back then later and, and work here has been a, a real honor and a blessing. But when I was in high school, like I said, I played all three, I was just, uh, you know, a decent athlete. Um, uh, I was able to, you know, probably the highlight of my high school career was winning a basketball sectional my senior year back mm-hmm. in the day when it was single class. Yeah. My senior year in 79, we won and, and it was a single class then of course. And, uh, so Jasper was in it, and all of that, and all the county schools and it was right. that was it. back in those days winning a sectional it still is, I know, but back then it was really a big deal uh, we got out of school on Monday because we won the sectional, you know
0: here in the school
1: yeah, and then uh, you know football wise i i was I didn't really get to start until I was a senior, a quarterback and I hurt my knee. So I played four or five games, so not much of a football career. Uh, baseball, um, played third base. Not much of a hitter. Uh, <laughs> um, so you know, but but I had fun. And what was different, I think, back then, <clears throat> as opposed to now, one of the big differences is was, as you guys, I'm sure know, um, but. Kids didn't specialize as much mm-hmm. on right. sports. There was not the AAU. There weren't travel teams. You played a sport. Season came to an end. You went to your next sport, you know, mm-hmm. and there was. I think there was less pressure. There was pressure on coaches and there was pressure to win, but it was not as intense. Uh, summer times were not traveling all over the country you know, on travel teams and whatnot. It was basically staying in your hometown and working. And then at night going to open gyms, uh, maybe lifting some weights, although we didn't have much of a weight program back then, but it was a simpler time. And, um, but it was a good experience. And, um, I, I, uh, I had fun and I, even as an AD today, that's one thing I always stressed or tried to, to our kids here at Southridge was, you know, we want to win, work hard and all that sort of thing, but don't, you know, still have fun. Stress that to our coaches too. You know, it's it should right. be it should be fun to a certain degree, obviously.
0: What's uh what's one game? Do you remember one game from any sport that's you're just like that was that's that's the game I like I wish I had a video of it or I wish I, you know, would
2: anything like that. Go back and relive. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know that's a good question. Um, Absolutely. You know my senior year, the sectional championship game in basketball at Memorial Gym. You know, sold out, and uh, we we played Northeast Dubois, which is a small school, but they had a very good team, and we had played each other. That was the third time we played each other that year when we played in the final, and that group of kids they had. Um, with our group of guys at Southridge, we kind of grew up playing against each other all through middle school and high school, you know, and it came down to that championship game. And, um, you know, I, I just growing up winning a sectional championship was kind of in basketball was, I guess, my dream. That was something that I dreamed of. I remember when I was a little kid going to those sectionals and, um, you know, dreaming of playing in it and to win it. It was, it was a big, you know, to us then it was, uh, it was huge, but we played, we'd beaten Dubois twice that year and it's tough to beat a team three times. And it turned out that way. We, um, we went back and forth and then late in the game it was a low scoring game. We took a 10 point lead with about two minutes to go. It looked like it was over. Uh, they called timeout. We started celebrating a little early Mm. and we rallied for ten straight points to tie it. <laughs> uh, we got the ball back with about less than a minute and just held the ball and uh, for you know to, to took it down to five seconds and put inside. Kid got fouled and this kid that shot for us uh, and man, he was about zero for eight from the free throw line that night, but he hit two at, at <laughs> the end. And then the boys came down and I'll never forget the kid that I was guarding coming right at me. He just tore down the court and I kept backtracking, and didn't want to foul and. He shot about a 15-footer man, and it was literally doo-doo-doo-doo and then popped out. And I remember that, and, and uh, the, you asked that question. There are times that I've thought I would love to go back and just, like, relive that or watch that, you know, watch it from yeah. a from, from a fly-on-the-wall type of thing, but they weren't allowed to video those games back in those days. They weren't allowed to video sectional games back at that time, So, um, mm-hmm. it, but but that would be the one.
0: Uh, so what was, do you remember your thoughts when that ball was in the air? Can you
1: say I'm on here? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, yeah, backtracking and, and the kid came at me and he turned, you know, I just, I, I just, all I remember, I did not want to foul, like I said, and, and he had a wide open look cause I just kind of put my hand up and I just remember turning and looking and I can still see that ball, you know, going back and forth on the rim and popping out. And when it popped out. just a feeling of elation of, I can't believe it. And, um, even to this day, you know, um, that's have one that still gives you some satisfaction. And sometimes I think, man, if we'd have lost that, that would have been tough to live with. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, uh, that was, that, that was kind of a, a highlight for me in, in high school for sure.
0: All right, so you uh, moving moving to college now, where you meet up with uh, Charles Hill, one Charles Hill, legendary Charles Hill,
1: senior, senior, uh, You better believe it. Out of beach grove. So Morning. how did
0: how did you get to uh, to Hanover and kind of talk about your career there?
1: Well, um, obviously, I was not really recruited by anyone out of high school. Um, I didn't have much of a high school football career. I played JV as a sophomore and a junior. And then finally when my junior, I got to play a little bit and hurt my knee. So back in those days, again, we're talking way back in the day, you know, with before uh, the internet and whatnot, I I, I remember just writing letters, you know, actual letters to different colleges, you know, and, and giving them my stats and my grades and my situation and, and, uh, I wrote Franklin college. I remember getting a letter from Red Fought. I, I, I wrote, uh, you know, most of the small colleges in Indiana. Um, and, and then I wrote Hanover and Hanover was really the, the, the only one that really, you know, the coach Pete Compese actually called me and invited me to visit. So we went to visit. It was the only school I visited. Um, Uh, after I came home um, you know uh, my mom and dad and I talked about it and my mom and dad were like you know if you're gonna you know coach Capizzi wants you to come and play football at Hanover you better get a hold of him and let him know you're gonna come there so I called him and said I'm coming and he was all excited or seemed to be over the phone (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and then when I got there uh so that's how I went to Hanover. You know, I mean, it was a pl- I, you know, it was a, it was a good school, but a chance to to play uh, football. I just wanted to play a college sport. That was a, kind of another mm-hmm. dream of mine growing up. And football just kind of gave me that opportunity. I always loved, to be honest with you, I love basketball more in high school, but mm-hmm. football was a chance to play. But anyway, I showed up at Hanover, and uh, I'll never forget the first day I reported. I thought, well, here I am, you know. I'm, you know, Coach Compey, really wants me, and he, he was excited that I was coming. And then when I walked up um, to report to the football stadium, he, he, he oh yeah, he yeah. goes, hey, hey, goes, uh, hey uh, the only guy that we had about. I think we had seven or eight freshman quarterbacks, and two se- returning seniors. And the other quarterbacks were from some pretty nice schools. I think like Lawrence North and North Central Seymour, whatever. And I was pretty low on the totem pole. Um, but I just kind of hung in there and got an opportunity and uh, turned out to be a four years of a lot of fun at Hanover, too. I love that place. Great friends and good school. It w- I was blessed to, to get to go there. It just worked out for me.
2: So, luckily, you know, as you, as we said, we have an inside uh, <laughs> short for some questions. So, you know, delve a little bit deeper into your fantastic time at Hanover. So, these are questions straight from my dad to kind of probably oh, get some great no. stories here. Oh, oh, no. So, we'll stick with well, the, uh, the playing career first. Uh, first thing I wanted to talk about was the, a game where you uh, quarterbacked against Wilmington College. Apparently, there was yeah. – story there
1: against Wilmington yeah well um is just in general terms uh, Wilmington usually had our number well, I don't think we beat Wilmington until we were seniors and if I remember correctly uh, we beat them 14-7 and Charlie Hill caught a a TD pass late in the game uh I do remember that A little Z-in, Z-out from about 10 yards, a little in-out route, and gave us the lead. And then late in the fourth quarter, we got the ball back, and we're trying to drive to run the clock out. And I remember we had a third and long. I can still remember this, third and long, and and threw a pass. Charlie on like a deep out on a flood route. And Charlie went down, caught it sliding, you know, like on his his rear end, kind of caught it sliding, and gave us a first down, so we were able to run the clock out. I remember that.
2: That's big time.
1: So Wilmington was kind of a
2: <laughs> powerhouse team for you guys facing that Wilming-
1: time. Yes, yeah. Wilmington College in Ohio. They were pretty. They were they were very good. Finley College. Uh, they were they were the they were very good too. Anderson College had a good team at those times. Yes, but uh, C Hill was the star of that game because he came he came through with some big catches. <laughs>
2: I guess I guess <laughs> most of the questions my dad is just wanting you to brag about him because the next question he had was how many how many touchdowns did you throw to him against Rose Holman? <laughs> oh, oh,
1: oh, oh. Yes, yeah, I like I'm glad that these questions are uh, some of them. I'm afraid he's going to ask some, some scary questions, you know, about things. But anyway, uh, Rose Holman, uh, I'll never forget senior year. We opened up with Rose Holman. Charlie had three TD catches. And, uh, i remember, you know, that, got that got our season off to a great start and we had a good year, but I remember Rose was always pretty good. And, um, I remember we did not score in the first quarter. We moved the ball. Uh, they kept, here's, I'll make this quick. They, it, and it was, they were kind of, it was my fault. They, they would change the coverage. They kept, you know, like changing coverages, um, as we'd come to the line of scrimmage. And had me confused a little bit, and I was checking off to some things that were not working. And actually, our offensive coordinator was Mike McClure.
2: Wow, so I think you guys
1: probably know. Coach McClure was the O coordinator that year, his first year. Um, and uh, he was he was great. I love Coach McClure, but anyway, he got on me um, you know, on the sideline and and, w- and we went over some things and they were they were going from some cover three to cover two and whatnot. And he told me to check to a fade. And so the next time we went out early in the second quarter, they did it again. They checked to a cover two, and I just checked to a fade. And Charlie, I still remember it, to my left, uh, released, and I just laid it out there. And he took it about 70 yards. (laughs) And then we caught – gosh, he caught – we had another one in the end zone he caught. And I I can't remember the third one, but Charlie had a huge game. And uh, we wound up beating them pretty good good once once we got rolling. So
0: you know you're talking about throwing all these touchdowns <clears throat> well really you're talking about how great Chaz's dad was. That's <laughs> kind of really what we wanted to hear. <laughs> but it well, kind of it kind of takes us back to to the beginning of the story where you were talking about how the core, the coach had brought in what seven or nine um, quarterbacks, and then there were two returners. So, how did you get to be the quarterback, and and how long were you kind of the starter?
1: Well, I I think I just was fortunate, you know. And first of all, you talk about Charlie Hill. I mean, you know, Charlie was 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 our best receiver, but we had some other good ones. And I think, you know, when you're a quarterback or you're anything, you're as good as the people around you. And so we were able to have success. and I was a little bit there at Hanover because we had good teams, you know what I mean? Just good teams. But anyway, the, the way that, um, I was got, you know, I think at the college level, it's just getting an opportunity. You know, I mean, there are a lot of really good players that aren't at the right place at the right time. And I was just lucky to be, but what happened is, uh, Came in there as a freshman, like I said, and I think there were seven or eight, I don't remember, of us freshman QBs. And I was, I was, uh, I just kind of hung in there. And and um, the starter was a really good, really good player our freshman year from Tip City, Ohio. I remember Cliff Hellyer, he was a great player. And we all just, kinda, what wound up happening is the backup quarterback quit, the other senior, before the season started. And then we had some scrimmages, uh, some preseason scrimmages, and I got lucky and hit a couple passes, kind of moved me up on the depth chart. And so there were three of us, me and the kid from Seymour named Rob Hinkle, and I, I wound up at, thir- in, in, at third string to start the season, unbelievably. And, and then from that point on, some of the other kids just um, kind of quit, kind of went away. Some of them, you know, transferred at semester or, you know, gave up, gave up football pretty quickly. And it was just a lesson to me to just the sometimes you know the most talented or whatever don't always aren't the most, you know it's just a matter of hanging in there and not quitting and uh, and just and so I, I was third team and Rob Hinkle was second and we spent that season like that and I made the travel team and I remember I never got in a game all year my freshman year until the last game of the season I got in for two plays for a couple of handoffs. And then we came back my sophomore year. And so it was me and Rob Hinkle uh, came back as sophomores to battle for the starting job. Well, this freshman came in by the name of Mike Leonard.
2: There he (laughs) is. I knew he was going to come up somewhere. And
1: from the Mike Leonard, and who turned out, of course, to be, you know, has had an unbelievable career as the coach at Franklin there and really one of my best friends. Uh, I love him, Leonard. And we became great friends there at Hanover. And, and so what happened then, my sophomore year, is uh, Leonard came in and became the starter as a freshman. And, and uh, Hinkle and I were kind of behind him, and then things just occurred. And I wound up uh, getting into, uh, actually, the rose Holman game, first game of the year as a sophomore, and hit a TD pass and got an opportunity to start and wound up starting from that time on my fresh, my sophomore junior and senior year and then Mike Mike and I were kind of like you know right there together those three years and Mike played a lot and then of course Mike's senior year <clears throat> he was the starter and was having an unbelievable season till midway when he hurt his knee but I always felt like Mike was to be honest with you I thought a lot more talented than me big strong guy could throw the heck out of the ball and just just a great player but uh, that that's I was just uh, in the right place at the right time, got an opportunity and uh, surrounded by really good players. You, you, didn't, you didn't have to do a whole lot as a quarterback, you know, when you have those kind of running backs. Hinkle wound up moving to running back. Rob wow. did from Seymour. He was he rushed for over a thousand yards a couple to- couple seasons there. So it just all worked out. I was just really blessed, really blessed. Great experience. Did you
0: um, the your freshman year? You said you got into t- to uh, the game against Rose Holman, and you had uh, took two snaps. <clears throat> did you think about um, audibleing out into a pass?
1: <laughs> Actually, it was not until the last game of the season that I got in for two plays. The last two plays of the season. Um, I, I, stand I did caught. not think about doing that. I did not really think about doing that. I was just hoping I could take the snap and not fumble it and <laughs> hand it off to the right guy. But I do have to tell you a true story. Maybe the reason I did, didn't do that is because my sophomore year in high school, we were pounding this team called Wood Memorial, and they put me in. And for some reason, I did call a pass play. We were up like 50 to nothing late in the game. and Our defense was really happy, all the seniors, because they had a shutout. And I decided I would throw because I'd thrown some in JV games and done pretty well and thought I could throw in varsity. I overthrew a guy by a mile right to the safety. He took it to the house for a oh. touchdown. I was walking off the field and uh, the coach was not happy. The seniors who had a shutout ruined were not happy. So that was a lesson. Did you just stay <laughs> on
0: the field at that point? Did you just want to stay on the field at that point? And be like, I don't want to go to this sideline.
1: You know what? Yes, I did did watch him run to the end zone in a prone position. I was not down and I just laid there and watched him go all the way as I laid on my stomach. Yeah, Lay on a great defeated down at Memorial. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, so, hand over your uh, what's what was kind of your final career stats there? Because didn't you? I mean the the passing leader isn't that that's pretty accurate, isn't it?
1: I was at that time, you know, when I graduated and when I graduated, I was, um, but you know, after I graduated, that's when, uh, actually coach McClure, uh, year or two or three after I graduated, he, that's when coach McClure started the uh, run and shoot and Hanover started throwing it 60 or 70 times a game <clears throat> for a while there. And my records were absolutely demolished. So my numbers <laughs> that I had were nothing compared to what they are there now, but, uh, um, yeah, we threw the ball quite a lot when I was there, but we also ran the ball. Um, but I think, you know, the best thing was, I don't know it we had good teams and and good players, it was just for me, college football and division three was just a perfect fit for me, you know, for my skill level and, 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 and everything, I was a good fit division three, but man, there were some really, really good players, uh, at that level. And there's obviously is today, I mean, to play division three, Um, you know, there are very good players at all levels, but those coach at Hanover at that time, they recruited a lot of great Indianapolis kids, Cincinnati kids and Louisville. Those were their three hubs. And then, um, just to get to play with kids from some of those big high schools, like I know my, my center from Carmel, you know, we had kids from Phoenix and Louisville and Cincinnati elder and for a kid from Southridge, you know, um, which, You know, just a little school, really. You know, here in Southern Indiana, rural Southern, it was, it was, it was cool. That was the best. That was the thing that I take is getting to to play with those guys and some great, like I said, Charlie Hill, and then some other receivers that I had. Man, it it made it easy. Um, um, made me look good. But um, just a great experience, good teams. And I, the thing I remember about when I got to Hanover was uh, we had a kid from Shelbyville. Um, And and he was, he couldn't believe, I think at that time Shelbyville didn't have a really good football program and, and he couldn't believe the attitude that Hanover kids, football players had when we first showed up was just expecting to win. And we got, we, we won quite a lot. So um, they just had that mentality then.
2: So you kind of talk about you know, being surrounded by great players and great people and great friends and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so for the uninitiated, could you explain, uh, to Brian and to everyone who will listen to this, what the weenie bowl is? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure that, um, I think Chaz has probably played in it.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yes. I'm a yes, veteran. Okay.
1: Yeah. You've played in it. Okay. Um, um, I haven't played in that thing for a number of years. I kind of got away from it, um, just busy and whatnot, but it is uh, Charlie Hill has kept that thing alive for a long time. And it's just a bunch of old guys that we would get together, a bunch of old Hanover guys that we played together every around Christmas time every year. And we'd play a touch football game. And when we first got out of school, they were pretty competitive and pretty well played. And I think over the years, they've gotten a little less competitive. And it became where it wasn't just us playing, but the kids of the, of, you know, everybody's kids started playing. And it became from an intense all guy, three on three, blah, 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 to more of a family thing, you know, family gathering. It's
2: not intense. Don't do that.
1: What's that? <laughs> Don't tell Charlie it's not
2: intense. <laughs> and I haven't played in a while. So uh, did they play this year? I didn't even know. We haven't gotten it together in a couple of years, but
1: still trying okay. to. Well, tell Ch- Charlie has been the guy that's kept it going. I give him all the credit. I, and if he could get it, if he, if he gets it up again, I want to know, cause I'm going to try to be there.
2: All right. He's going to hold your word for that. Uh, there was okay. one time, according to Charlie, you played at Memorial Stadium on the turf at IU.
1: You know, we did one time. Yeah, when I, w- I was a grad assistant football coach at IU, and we played there one time. We've played that thing all over. We've played it in Indianapolis. We have played it at Hanover. We've played it at Franklin College. We have played it. Uh, I don't. I think we played it at Southridge one year. I'm not sure. I'm thinking <laughs> the guy came down here one year. <laughs> Great. Just, but that's that's what you get when you go, you know, to college and you get to do things. Uh, whatever you're into, you make really good lifetime friends. That's mm-hmm. what's cool about it. Yep.
2: So I think we well, we can touch on the uh, the grad assistant stuff because I think that's an interesting interesting you know segue after you're done playing to first getting into coaching and stuff like that. But another yeah. interesting character that uh, you might have run into at Hanover is pretty famous now. Uh, good old Woody Harrelson,
0: <laughs> right? Wow.
2: According to my dad, he might have popped into a couple of your dorm rooms a few times. He might have lived in the same
1: dorm as Woody. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Woody (laughs) Harrelson. Absolutely true. I mean, he was in our class. He was graduating class with Charlie and I. And the thing about Woody was, uh, you could tell a lot of stories, but Woody was kind of, you know, just a regular guy. He was into theater. He was not a bad athlete. I remember him playing some pickup basketball with us. Uh, I can remember, you know, you just kind of knew Woody, and he, he was a little bit goofy, a little bit, you know, different uh, in a, in a way, but not, you know, he was just he was just kind of he was a cool guy, and uh, everybody knew him. Um, and then, then you know, when we graduated, just a couple years after he graduated, he shows up on Cheers as Woody <laughs> the bartender, you know. From Hanover, Indiana, and was like, oh my gosh, that's Woody. And from there, obviously, we just took off. But uh, I, a couple stories I, I remember: my cousin was in a play with him at Hanover when we were undergrad. You know, when we went to school there, Woody got kicked out of the play because he wouldn't show up for rehearsals. I remember that. <laughs> um, she said that one time she was in a class with him, and he came in late. The, professor was lecturing um woody just walked right in walked to the blackboard drew a big circle said this is the world and then put a dot in the middle he goes this is me and then walked and sat down (laughs) things like that and (laughs) i do i i i don't know if your dad's confirmed this with you but i believe and i'm 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 real real sure about this you know when woody was in in college he had he had some Tough times, I think. Tough family issues and some personal issues. And uh, your dad's roommate, Dwayne Smith, uh, would kind of counsel with Woody a little bit. And Woody would come into your dad's dorm room because your dad and Dwayne were roommates, of course. And I think Charlie kicked Woody out of the dorm room a number of times because he wanted to go to sleep or something. I think I remember him being pretty rough on Woody, actually. Get that heck out of here, blankety, you know, Woody. Uh, I think I remember that. And, uh, yeah, true story. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, that's amazing. Did Charlie never tell you he kicked Woody out of the dorm room? No, he did not.
2: He did tell me that he'd he'd pop in every now and then, but I did not hear about the the midnight oil counseling sessions with Dwayne. Yeah, (laughs) check with that. Check check on that. Okay. (laughs) So another follow-up of the uh, another thing you guys kind of started, you know, the D three stuff I think is just awesome because you get so close with a small group of people and they become real, you become real fast friends on a, on a D three campus. Apparently you guys, you guys started
1: like a a comedy
2: weekly luncheon club or something like that.
1: (laughs) Yes. It was called the Friday weekly luncheon, Uh, the Friday weekly luncheon. And, um, we had a big cafeteria there at school in the campus center. And every Friday we would take up two tables, a bunch of guys, and we'd have a different speaker every week. And uh, they became pretty comical. Absolutely hilarious, actually. And our speakers ranged from guys dressing up real goofy to acting stupid to serious. We had the basketball coach in. We had the baseball coach in. Uh, we had, oh, man, it was a blast. It was absolutely a blast, and everybody around would watch. And But one of the big things was each Friday, uh, they'd ask Charlie to bust a glass. Did he tell you that? No. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the thing was, with Char- Charlie would take one of those little glasses you'd get. You know, we got little glasses you'd get your drink in and whatnot, and he would come and he would just bust a glass on the floor. He would just throw it down. It would kind of get intense, and everybody would start screaming, you know, ah. Uh, And sometimes he wouldn't do it. Sometimes some weeks he wouldn't, but every now and then he would. But we had some uh, great speakers, Uh, some hilarious speakers, some flops. But it was, you know, it was just basically a way for us to entertain ourselves because we were pretty, pretty immature and pretty. uh, I don't know what the word would be, but yes, the Friday weekly lunch and they were there were some funny ones.
2: Especially because Hanover's, you know, it's not it's not the metropolitan capital of the world. It's not a lot going <laughs> on.
1: No, not much. I mean, there in Hanover, Indiana, it is kind of it's a strange it's it's it's, it's kind of unusual to have a college in a tiny, tiny town, kind of a little nowhere. And so we had to do things to make our own fun. And um, so we did that. We I don't know how we started that luncheon thing. And it just, you know, like one of those things it just grew and grew. And the pressure kind of got to us, too, because each week we had to come up with a, a you know, a good speaker. And eventually, I, you know, I think we finally, finally may have stopped. We ran out of speakers and got, you know, got too much pressure to keep it going. But <laughs> it was it was fun. Great times.
0: I see the uh, I see our podcast going in that direction, Chas. We much pressure, <laughs> especially after this one. There's no way we can uh, we can get speakers. Uh, that live up to Bardwell?
2: <laughs> no, of course not. Oh, so what was it like uh, going from a playing career to the grad assistant, uh, going into coaching and stuff like that? I mean, I don't, I don't know how much coaching you did, determined on you know what position you were with, or if you're working at quarterbacks or something. Especially at IU, because that's just such a big difference
1: compared to, yeah, Hanover. Well, well, for me to be, I'll just start this and preface it, that I never loved coaching. And even though I coached for a long time, you know, I, I did some GA stuff. And then of course at Franklin, I enjoyed coaching, but never, I never loved coaching. I loved playing. Mm-hmm. Playing was more fun. Coaching was good. But, um, uh, and, and I, I, and I, I don't know that I was really that great of a coach, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. But what, for me, um, when I left Hanover, I went to DePaul, which was another D3. And I was a GA there for two years and got my master's. And DePaul is a GA you actually coach. So I coached the running backs and then I coached the receivers my second year. And so you really coached. You were thrown right into the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a challenge, especially being a young guy, you know, not much older. And uh, um, I know how that is. Trust and me. And from there, pardon me?
2: I know how that is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it is a challenge. I mean, being a young guy and trying to coach and teach, uh, like yourself there, it, it's, it's, it got an, it's an advantage because you have a rapport with kids, but at the same time, it's a challenge because, uh, to, to separate yourself, I, I I've been there. I get that totally. Um, that's a tough line to walk. But, um, after, after two years at DePaul, I actually left and went to Earlham College. And took the job there as offensive coordinator, and I, I and and I, I went to Earlham in the spring, and then I got a chance through Gil Spear.
2: Oh wow! Um,
1: yeah, you know Gil. I played with Gil at Hanover. Uh, coach Mallory at IU needed a GA, and and I went and interviewed for the GA spot at IU, and then I was in a real tough decision at that time: do I stay at Earlham as an offensive coordinator, full-time coach, or do I go to IU back as a GA? But it's Division One level, and nothing. You know, the decision I made was to go to IU, and um, it didn't make sense at the time to anybody. Why would you leave a full-time paid position to go to IU? But for me, um, there were a couple things. I, number one, like you said, it was I always wanted to see what it was like at Division One. You know, I wanted to experience that, and I got to say that was two of the most. I had a blast at IU. I had a blast. Uh, you know, we played at Ohio State. We played at Michigan you know getting to experience those things uh as a GA it was it was just it was a great experience mm-hmm. and um um i remember trying to make my decision i, I went to coach mallory because i was he they had had me come in for an interview when i was at Earlham and and i had an interview and then i had to think about it and i went back talked to coach mallory and i said coach i um i'm just not sure what the right decision is i'll never forget this with coach mallory i learned a lot of things from him great man but he said, I said, I don't know what the right decision is, coach. He said, I'll tell you what. He goes, when you make a, de- you make a decision and you make it the right decision, you don't look back. And I, I was like, wow. Coach Mal was an intense Woody Hayes disciple. But his thing, like I said, was he said, well, you make the decision and you make it the right decision. You know, and rather than being at the mercy of it, you're in control of it. And so I, when he said that, that was really good. And I went to IU and it turned out great. And I had a great time there. And what I found at division one real quick was I found that it was (laughs) to be honest, not that different from division three, obviously football's football. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kids are kids. Um, Obviously the kids were bigger, faster, stronger, but sometimes not as skilled. And what I mean is we had some receivers at Hanover and DePaul that could run routes and catch the ball. Much better than some of the kids at IU, but they weren't as big or as fast or whatever, you know. Yeah. And and it, it the skill level as, as catching and throwing and doing things like that. Some of the Division three kids are better than Division one kids. It's just a speed size game. Um, but I had a great time there and um, made great friends and and get to know those coaches. And it one of the blessings of that for me was. Uh, then, a, my brother was in high school about that time and he wound up, uh, because I, I, you know, I knew the situation at IU, you know, he wound up then walking on at IU and playing four years there because I encouraged him to, um, he, um, because I knew he could do it. I think a lot of times at that, at that time, he never would have thought he could have done it, but I saw the kids that did. And the, the walk-ons at IU, I make an analogy, were just like the kids at Hanover that, They, they, you know, when my brother walked on, I think there were 15 when he was a senior, there were two of them. So it's in life, not just in football or sports in life, it's hanging in there. It's not quitting. And, um, and, and, uh, eventually, eventually something works out for you, but man, I, I loved it. I loved IU. I never regretted, um, never regretted, you know, going to IU because it was so much fun. Uh, and then, but when I was done at IU after two years, you know, I was one thing I realized is I did not want to be a college football coach. I thought I did, you know, you know, there at DePaul and IU and Earlham. And I realized football was not my life. And for those coaches, especially at D1, it was 24 seven, you know, every day of the year. And, And I saw how they had to pull their families all over the country, you know, from job to job. And, uh, Kind of cutthroat, and I decided I wanted to go the high school route. And my first interview was at Center Grove, and uh, almost got the job at Center Grove and didn't get it. And then, you know, of course, at that time I didn't know anything about Center Grove or Franklin or anything. Didn't get the job at Center Grove. Came home for the summer to work. Was ready to take a job at North Posey High School down here, and then got a call from Walt Vanderbush. Yeah, and at the last second thing opening at Franklin High School for a psych social teacher. And he was going through these old resumes and he found mine. And I went up and met with, Coach, with Dr. V, Doc V and uh, Roger Dawson and came back. And then I had another tough decision in my life because I had the job at North Posey I'd already taken. And then, you know, I'm like, and I would have been teaching PE and coaching football. But Franklin was psych social coaching some football. I went back and forth and I took the Franklin job. And never regretted that because I loved, as I've told you from the beginning, man. Franklin Community High School, Franklin, Indiana. Twelve of the greatest years of my life. Just gosh, man, I have great memories of that. Great kids and people. Um, that'll always have a, a special place in my heart. I, the Grizzly Cubs, man. It was, it was, it was an honor and a blessing to be there. I'll tell you that much.
0: So you were were you the quarterback's coach when you were at uh when you were at Franklin?
1: Uh yes, I coached QBs and receivers. QBs and receivers.
0: Now, how was it especially starting off coaching like the quarter or the receivers and the running backs um when you were a quarterback? Did you find that difficult or was it just you were able to show them like from the Standpoint of a, what a quarterback would be looking
1: for. Yeah, you know, it was kind of an an easy natural progression to coach receivers. I always found I always kind of found it easier to coach receivers than quarterbacks for whatever reason. Um, I don't know why. Even though I had played quarterback, I I really liked coaching receivers. I think maybe I learned a lot at DePaul from Coach Morozas when I coached receivers. But receivers, I. I I just I don't know I I I guess understanding coverages and understanding you know how routes complement each other and adjusting and things like that and uh, I learned a lot you know about uh, little things about receivers at DePaul and um, and then coaching DBs actually when I was at IU as a GA you don't coach a position but I worked with the defensive backs uh, one year two years and worked with the tight ends one spring but uh, so learning the DB side of it, how coverages work, and then how receivers work. I kind of understand that whole thing. And then being a quarterback, it just kind of all went together. But I always felt like it was easier to coach receivers for some reason. I'm not sure. Uh, Just easier to teach things. Quarterbacks, I've always found like with quarterbacks, you know, a quarterback, um, so much of it, I feel, has to be just a natural ability there's just an innate ability to throw uh, an instinct to when to scramble a lot of things you just can't coach uh, with, with quarterbacks, you, you know, the, the best quarterbacks, the really great quarterbacks, they just kind of create things on their own. And I would say when I was at Franklin, the best, I mean, I coached some good ones. I hate to say the best, but I, I mean, one, probably the best I coached was, was, uh, Benji Betts. I don't know if you guys remember him. Maybe yeah, um, he's the principal at Whiteland. Now. Pardon me. He's the principal of Whiteland now. Is he? He's yeah. the principal of Whiteland. Oh, my I gosh. know. I see him. I see him a uh, pretty decent amount. Well, tell him I said, "Hey, he was a heck of a quarterback."
0: Yeah, he was. He was good. That uh, they had him and his his brother were were both good quarterbacks. Um, so, just in yeah, your time. Yeah, in your time at Franklin, you. Um, you know what 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 are some of the things athletic wise that stand out, and some of the memories from Franklin that stand out.
1: Uh, you know, I just remember at Franklin with our football program when I was there, we always had pretty good teams. Um, it, it we struggled sometimes to to have just everything that we needed. We always had good skill kids. It seemed like at Franklin, uh, depth with the line play and stuff like that sometimes caused a struggle. And of course we played really good competition. Greenwood was really good back in th- those days. Um, Avon had a great run, um, uh, but we had some really good teams. Matt Pennick, um, you know, was, was a heck of a good quarterback and he had a nice team his senior year. Um, so we we generally when I was there we were always around 500 maybe a little bit above but played some pretty tough competition um, and I, I remember though you know I, when I was at Franklin I helped with the basketball program some too um, you know with a freshman coach with Jim Higdon and I remember you know Franklin when I was there uh, the basketball teams had a great run Dave Clark and had some really good basketball players and and um, you know, Coach Timminger with baseball had some really good baseball teams, too. But Franklin was always competitive and always, you know, did things first class, always really, really good kids and good support from the community. Um, it was just a, it was just a good place for when I was a young guy to to learn a lot of things from a lot of people. I learned from a, a lot of people there.
2: Did you yeah. teach uh, psych and social the whole time?
1: I did. Psych and Soch. I we um I that's all I taught Psych Soch for twelve years. And uh, I think toward the end of my career there we went to the mo- I, I not modular, the, the block scheduling. Uh you know, where you'd have four periods a day. Yeah. And uh you know, and stuff like that. But uh yeah, I I uh that's what I taught and man, just like I said, great memories of great kids. When I left, man, it was not easy to leave. It was kind of sad, even though I was going back home, you know, I wouldn't have left for anywhere else, but even coming, when I came back home, I still, uh, thought about Franklin all the time. And, and to be honest with you, I would have dreams. <laughs> I would actually have dreams when I first came back that I was back at Franklin, you know, because it was, uh, you know, it was a, it was a great place. And, um, um, just, just amazing, you know, uh, place to be, to be honest with you. The Lord just, I'm blessed. I just feel like, you know, in my life I've been led and, and God has led me and to different places that you don't see until as you look back on it, how things worked out and how fortunate I've been, to be honest with you, um, to, to know so many people from different places.
0: So you, um, so you did you leave in was it ninety nine when you went back to Southridge?
1: Yes, ninety nine two thousand was my first year at Southridge. That's what
0: I thought. So how how did that go? Did you know that was coming up uh, down the kind of down the road, or or was it something that just popped open? Was it your it was your your dad? Correct.
1: Yeah, dad retired, and it, it actually kind of he did it pretty abruptly. And um, um, I applied for the job. Uh, actually, what's kind of interesting is I had applied for the head football coaching job at Southridge probably three or four years earlier and didn't get it. You couldn't get that and job? Didn't
0: you know the athletic <laughs>
1: director? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty bad, isn't it? <laughs> I, told, I told you I was a terrible coach. Well, uh, not I not, I, I, not uh, even I uh, bad what do you think? Not about even this? my dad would hire me. Yeah.
0: What do you think about this Bardwell guy? Nah, he's a terrible <laughs> guy. He's awful.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I didn't get the job. So, I tucked my tail and went back to Franklin and for a few more years. But then, dad retired his AD. And, um, you know, I applied for the job. And dad kind of took himself out of the whole process, of course. The principal did the hiring and whatnot. And I, I got the job here. And to be honest with you, I didn't know really much about being an AD, you know, I did not. And I never had dreamed of being an AD. That was never my goal. The reason I took this job, the job here is because I wanted to come back home. I wanted to come back to Southern Indiana. I wanted to be back at, you know, at with my family down in this area. Uh, but I do remember at the time thinking, dang it, dad, why didn't you stay as AD about three more years? Cause I'm not ready to leave Franklin. You know, it was my 12th year and I was thinking, I'd like to have about three more years here and then I'll be ready to go maybe. Because I was just, I was having a great time, you know, everything was going so well there. And, uh, but I took it and, and for, and that was an easy decision as I look back. Isn't it weird? I talk about how I had some tough decisions. Mm -hmm. That one was almost, that was not a hard decision. And, uh, you know, I, I just knew that I wanted to do that. And, uh, I remember the first day on the job at Southridge as an AD um going into the office and not knowing what to do looking around uh walking around the halls i didn't know what to do honestly the first day i did not know <laughs> uh but oh, i guess mom. i you know <laughs> it out eventually but um you know it it was all good cuz coming back home was just just a perfect fit it was just i'd been out i'd been to a lot of different places you know been around and it was great to come full circle back back here and bring, you know, what I'd learned back to the kids here at Southridge and give them opportunities, you know, that I'd had.
0: You know, it's funny because that was, as you know, like that was kind of the role or the, the same thing that happened to me this past year where I had been in a place for 13 years. And, you know, when I first started, I was uh, still in my in my mid-20s. And it it was a place where I kind of grew up by the time that I left. You know, I was married and had a kid and it kind of I grew up there. And it was one of those situations where I knew, um, you know, when Franklin opened up and it was just the opportunity to come back home. It was just one of those situations where it was a hard decision, like emotionally it was hard, but the actual decision itself was not difficult and it was just something where you grow so um, tight with a community and with a, an area that you just – it's always a place that
1: will be in your heart. Very well said, man. Exactly the way I feel about Franklin. You know, it became, it became home, and uh, that was the same thing for me. Same thing for me. Um, I mean, some people move away, and they don't want to come back, which is awesome and fine everybody's different, but for me, um, coming back home just fit, you know, and I just felt centered and, and felt great to be back here. Um, but of course for me, it was a little bit different because, you know, at Franklin, you know, I was still single when I left. I mm-hmm. never really established a family there. Mm-hmm. And that was I think, something that was missing for me there. Um, and kept it from being, um, you know, the same experience you had, mm-hmm. um, because I, I didn't have a family and, um, um, uh, if I would have gotten married there and had a family there, you know, it, it might've, you know, never left, you know, but, um, that was, that was, that, that was the one thing that was, was different and kind of, I hadn't had that experience yet.
0: Yeah. Um, so you're at, you've been at Southridge for you said almost twenty years, um, and this is your last year as athletic director. Um, how did that decision come about?
1: Well, I, actually, this is my twenty-first year. Uh, the decision came about um, very difficult decision, to be honest with you. Um, you're going to teach,
0: though, correct?
1: I I I think that I plan to stay and teach next year. I mean, I can retire fully, but, um, right now that's my plan. Cause see, even though I've been the AD here, I've also taught psych and social all these years here, um, one or two classes a semester. So I've never really had, never really left that teaching. Um, but for me, the decision to step away from AD, um, is very bittersweet. It's not easy because it's been a lot of fun. I mean, the 21 years has flown, and it's just like I told you earlier. Coaching was not really in my blood, but being an AD was kind of the perfect job for me because I love sports. I love you know being around the kids and the coaches, and and the administrative part is just for me was a perfect fit. I love running tournaments, and running ball games, and uh, being a part of it that way, you know? Um, and I think the thing that, but for me, the decision was made, uh, it, you know, because being an AD is just here at the, the situation here at Southridge for me for 21 years was, um, you know, one person, um, I've not really ever had a secretary until this year and kind of a one man show, um, which is, very time consuming. Um, and you know, your, your, your evenings are so full and, uh, we, you know, we've got about, I think probably exactly as many sports as say Franklin would have. Um, and, and it just became, I guess, a little bit burned out, um, in terms of the time you spend away from your family And I have a daughter that's a seventh grader, a daughter that's a fifth grader. And, you know, I started missing a lot of their stuff, Um, you know, cheerleading stuff or basketball or activities or trying to run to their stuff at the last second from from events I was covering. And so what you know what? So so I just had to make that decision to, you know, but I I just realized that my girls are only going to be here. Seven or eight more years or whatever it is, and. Then they're going to be gone, and so I want to soak this time up and and um, be a better dad and and be there and experience their stuff. And uh, as far as AD is concerned, some of it became kind of a drudgery, to be honest with you. You know, uh, not as much fun as it was when I started. Uh, stuff that I my favorite parts that I'm going to really miss are the, you know, the Friday night football games, yeah. the, the basketball games, the sectionals, the regional. But other than that, a lot of it I'm not going to miss that much, you know. And uh, you're going to like getting
0: home at uh, three forty-five or four every day.
1: Yeah, I think so. I'm going to give that a shot. It's a little scary because I'm not used to that. You know what I mean? Uh, the future is a little bit uncertain. I'm not sure. I think it's going to be a tough adjustment, but <laughs> I'm hoping that in a year or so, I'm going to say, "Man, that was a great decision." But um, family is you know, the most important thing, as we all know.
2: It's good. They're going to have more time for weenie bowls, and that's the
1: important thing. <laughs> exactly. I the, the job got in the way of the weenie bowl, man, and that's not good. That can't so, be. <laughs> there, there was a
0: a great um, article on you earlier in the year. In the I don't I don't remember what was it. Hunting was it Jasper
1: paper? Yeah, the it? the Dubois County Herald. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a <laughs> great article. <laughs>
0: And, and they, sh- they had a picture, and it was of you at a football game, and you said that during the football games you'd get to just go up to the top of the press box and just kind of watch the game. Is that something you're going to miss? Was that a special time just for you?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I will miss that uh, because as an AD, you know, that was one of the things that I enjoyed the most was putting the big events together, like a Friday night football game or whatever. And then all of your work as an AD is beforehand, putting everybody in place, um, you know, your ticket takers and your concession people and so forth and so on. And then just watching it unfold, you know? Uh, And, and so when the event gets there, you just oversee it. And yeah, that was a satisfying feeling to, to observe it. And that if things went well, you know what I mean? It was, it was kind of a, it was a satisfying feeling that you put it together. And, um, but I learned early from a older AD that when you do events like that, he said, you know, get good people, give them a job and get out of their way. And that's what I did. So you know, your work's leading up to it, but yeah, it was always, when it was over, it was kind of a relief, but it was kind of at the same time you felt good. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to miss kind of that being in charge feeling for a while, I think. But, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, that, that was uh, one of the, the positives of it. But um, I'm going to miss, I think from AD, the biggest thing I'll miss though is just relationships with people. With one of, the, one of the really great relationships is with referees, believe it or not. You get to know the referees that come in and work for you. Uh, other coaches from other schools, kids from other schools, media people. You just get to know so many people working with them and being in the middle of it. That's what I'm going to miss. It's the, the relationships with people and with my own coaches as, as well. But at the same time, I'm hoping that by staying on and teaching and following my kids, that I'll still be a part of things, you know, still be a Raider and still be a part of things, but he, but maybe a little less stressed.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's, um, you know, I think, I think the relationship that you have with your kids will be, will be something that can take the place of that. Um, so I think, I think that's, that's something that I'm sure you'll find. Now, um, your kids. You said what grades were they in?
1: Well, Ellie is a seventh grader, mm-hmm. and uh, she she is um, she's she is my little. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I describe Ellie. She's just a, a bubbly, bubbly, sweet little girl, and uh, she makes you know very good grades, and she loves cheerleading and dance and she loves, uh, um, art and she loves to, um, perform, you know, in plays and things like that. Um, and she's just a very sweethearted girl. And I'm just, that's what I, I'm most proud about Ellie is she's just a good girl. And, uh, she's kind of a dad's girl, daddy's girl. My mm-hmm. other one is Lane. Laney is, um, uh, fifth grader and she's a little bit of a, She's a little sassafras, you know what I mean? She's a good girl, too, makes a good student. She likes to play basketball, softball, track, uh, but she's, she's different, you know. And then uh, that's one thing, teaching psych and social. I always thought in <clears throat> sociology, if you remember back when we learned this, that your personality, I, before I was married, I always thought your personality was learned you know, and who you were was learned, which it to degree. is. I've learned having kids that they're born with a personality, (laughs) you know, they're born and they are, they are individuals. And then of course, my wife, Sarah, um, you know, when I first moved back, I I met her. My first year I moved back here, she was a librarian in the elementary school and, and, um, and then she became principal of an elementary, one of the elementaries here. And, um, Now she's in charge of all the libraries in the corporation, but I'm very fortunate to have such a good, good wife, you know, and a good mom and, um, family's number one, you know, and I just been blessed and, uh, you're right. You're right. You know that I will get to spend more time with them and enjoy them. And that's, that's a lot more important than that other stuff. Uh, even though it might be difficult at first, that's so much more important. Yeah
2: transition you know, to being a cheer and dance dad. How's that going for you?
1: <laughs> well, hey, you you know what? Watch what you say there, Chas. You never know. You <laughs> never know what you're gonna be. Okay. Yeah. You know, you yeah. never know where you're gonna be, but I'm gonna tell you something, my man. Uh whatever your kids do, that's what you're into. Yep. It is. You know, I've yes, I have been my daughters both went through gymnastics. I've been to many gymnastics events from Martinsville to uh, uh, Indianapolis, to whatever, and, and so that's one thing I, I've, I think, I, I think I've had, I've learned a look involved in supporting, it doesn't matter what parents handle their kids, you know what I mean, and I, being a parent is a hard, hard, challenging thing. But I, I, I learned, but probably from my dad more than anybody, that, you know, let your kids do what they want to do. Support them. Um, don't be, you know, when they come home, you don't critique them and try to coach them. That's for the coach to do. And the the that. <laughs> just try to, you know, try to let your kids be what they are and support them in it. And you just want your kids to be happy. That's what you want.
0: All right, um, so we've got a couple more.
1: So, so Chaz, maybe you may be a cheer dad someday, man. Would you say that again? You are kind of cutting out a little bit. I just I said, just telling Chaz, there, you just never know what you're going to be. Yeah. You may, you may, you, you may be a cheer dad someday, or you, or whatever you might be. You know. Dang whatever it, your kids do.
2: Dad, I'm going to be the best cheer dad there's ever
1: been. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good attitude to have, buddy. You'll have the T-shirt that says cheer dad on the front and everything.
2: Oh, absolutely. I'm bringing pom-poms to the stands. It's, it's, it's full bore.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, so Bardwell, we have taken up too much of your time, but we're going to take up a little bit more. Um, so we've got, we've got a couple more questions. So we do something on here. Uh, I do called, uh, uh leave a question. And so okay. we have someone who's going to leave a question and they left a question for you. Um, and then you have to leave a question for our, our next guest. But I'm going to give you two of them uh, because you know them both and it'll be fun. Yesterday's guest, this, this is, this is going to be um, kind of a, I don't think any, I don't know if hardly anyone else is going to understand this question. Um, okay. But you and my dad When they watch this so Because the person we had yesterday Shelby Beal She's our softball coach And she does not know you And sometimes we can make them leave questions But I decided I'd have my dad leave you a question So my dad said When agreeing to this Did you think a podcast Was throwing a line To a group of fish
1: (laughs) Did did I think that Okay, give me that one one more time.
0: Did you think that a podcast was lo- throwing a line to a group of fish?
1: <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. A rising group of trout in a beautiful stream. Yes, absolutely. A whole that—that's like a dream with a dry fly too. And my like, dad, gee, dad knows. My yeah, dad rising. My dad said a dry Hi. fly.
0: He told me to tell you either high or tight lines.
1: Tight lines will work. Tell him I said good fishing. <laughs> uh,
0: so that is – so So you have you have to leave now two questions or questions for okay. two people. One is Steve A. House, our principal. He's on tomorrow, and I believe you know him uh, very mm-hmm. briefly. And then the other one is Friday – is uh, Jake Sappenfield is going to be on. Oh,
1: yeah. Jake, so, yeah. Okay. Do you,
0: have, do you have questions for them?
1: Okay. For Mr. A-House, I would say my question to him would be, um, what is the best thing about being the principal at Franklin Community High School?
0: Okay. All right, and what about Sappenfield?
1: Um, does he think this Sappenfield is Jake, Oh man, I remember Jake. What a kid, gosh, dang, what a run to the state semi-state <laughs> they had. Um, does he think he could beat me in horse? Because he certainly sure, certainly could in high school, he could not in high school. So does he? Can he? Can he? Does he think he could beat me today? And if he does, come on down to Southridge. We'll go to Memorial Gym. I'll give him a rematch.
0: A horse, because he couldn't in high school. All right, we will leave That's them for them, and we look forward to their answers. Okay, man. Chaz, what you
2: got? All right. So I I like to finish off with one question, uh, but I'll also finish off with another question from my dad. Okay. When did you have your last perm?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, Chaz, Chaz, Chaz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just crossed the line on that one, man. I was gonna okay. say, it's not my fault. That's, that's, you know, you just crossed. Were, we were having a good time. We were having a good time. Uh, fun. And then, you know, you got, got purse and you just crossed the line and uh, i'm not happy about you tell your dad i'm not happy about that <laughs> you tell your dad honest. i will be, I think the last term i had was maybe uh junior year at hanover uh in the fall maybe and it was it was awesome it was glorious and i think i have some pictures we took preseason football and it looked kind of like a mushroom on my head so i'll I will send him a picture. So thank you for that great memory. You
0: need to, you need to tweet that out. <laughs> oh,
1: yes. Man. I will I'll see what I can do. Oh, gosh. I knew <laughs> something probably, like that was coming.
2: That was probably the question Yeah, you thought was coming earlier. <laughs> well, he could, he could have brought me a lot of embarrassing questions, <laughs> so that wasn't really too bad. Well, that's what college is for, especially D3, where you have nothing better to do but get perms.
1: That's right. Right, that's exactly right. Some things are better left right there. All right, so <laughs> I like to
2: – one thing I really like uh, Bardwell is movies, and I think you can tell a lot about a person by what their favorite movies are. Uh, so if you had to pick, like, three or three to five, like, movies or even, like, TV shows that you, like, really like or over the years or something that you have a good connection with or something like that, what would you think you'd pick?
1: Well, from what I've seen about you, you love Star Wars, right? That is true, yes. I've, I've seen that. I've noticed that on Twitter. For me, um, some TV shows, I love Seinfeld. Okay. I still watch that. I mean, that's, that's a great, great show. Um, the Office, okay. heck of a good show. Movies, of course, A River Runs Through It. I knew um, you were um, in that's what, that's what got me going on fly fishing uh, some 25 or 30 years ago, whatever it was. I love the movie Hoosiers. Uh, Field of Dreams is a great movie. Um, I, I this is kind of this one doesn't really go in that with that what I had given you before earlier but I have always liked the movie Fargo. Oh okay. Um, I thought that was a cool movie. Um, I action. loved uh, Austin Powers. <laughs> all the Austin Powers movies, <laughs> Vacation, the original and Christmas Vacation, great movies. Um, I got to tell you a movie you need to watch sometime that you've probably never seen. It's called the best of times.
2: Ooh, never heard of it.
1: Okay. You got to watch it because it's uh, Robin Williams is in it and it's, it's a, it's hilarious movie. It's a great movie. It's the best of time. It's called the best of times. And it's about this guy that goes back to replay a high school football game where he dropped the pass in the big game and they go back and replay the game when they're like 30 years old.
0: Oh, uh, really? Robin
1: Williams. It's very funny. It's very funny. So watch that sometime. But that's will, a retro yeah. one. That's,
0: I'll take those that Those are down. my movies.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: That, uh, that was about going to be you if that guy hit that shot in the sectionals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no kidding, man. Absolutely. I would have – isn't it weird how you do remember the losses? Losses sting a lot more than, than the victories feel good. I will tell you that much. You do remember yeah. those losses sometimes. Well, they can haunt you.
0: <laughs> Bardwell we thank you so much for your time uh, it is it has been so great catching up with you you are the one of the biggest influences i've had in my life and uh, i just remember as a as a freshman sitting in our class and there was a, a senior i was i was in homeroom and i really didn't know you that well but there was a senior football player who had uh, who had a uh, uh, some, some disabilities with his arms and his legs, and he's still the center and you wouldn't think he would have been. Uh, he was missing part of his arm. And I remember you got up and you talked about how great of a kid he was. And I just remember to this day, 25 years later, how emotional you were. And I just thought this, is a, this is a guy who is, is good to have in your corner. And um, so I just thank you so much on behalf of of me And so many people at Franklin High School whose lives you've touched positively that um, that you came and and kind of let us catch up with you and your life and everything like that.
1: Man, uh, Brian, I appreciate that. I really, really do. Those words mean a lot to me. And what's neat about you and I and our relationship is, like you said, starting when you were a freshman, uh, um, you know, who would think that all these years later, you know, as adults, you know, we'd be. Good friends, yeah. You know what I mean. I'm in the adult world, and and I'm I'm blessed. I think being you know making that decision to go into the the high school level um, to to be a t- teacher and whatnot um, and a coach, I've always felt like is an opportunity to be a role model. And and um, it's a two way street, you know. Frank, I, I'm I'm I was thankful to be at Franklin was great for me. I hope that I did some good things for Franklin, but but, um, I, um, Franklin was just a great 12 years in my life. It just, I, I really grew as a person there. And, um, uh, I've always, you know, just been very thankful to have been a part of that community because it just was made up of great people. You know, any school it's, it's not all the, all the, the difference. Th- it's the people to me, you know? you know, I'm a right brain thinker, I guess, you know, and, but it's, it's, it's the kind of people you get to meet. And there were so many good people there. And from the teachers to the coaches, to the kids, I think I learned so much from the kids and the relationship with them, but it was an honor to be there, an honor to be at Franklin. And it'll always, I'll always have some of that grizzly cub in me. And, and I uh, appreciate your words and tell everybody back there that I said hello. And I oftentimes wonder where all those kids have gone, you know, and uh, just, just great, great, great times.
0: Yeah, well, thank you again. Uh, Chaz, anything to add?
2: Yeah, uh, I just want to say, you know, it's been – I don't even know the last time you might have seen me, Bardwell. I probably was – if you had, it was probably when I was like three or something like that. But he still hasn't. I know. I can't see uh,
1: him. I don't think so. I think I, think I remember – I think I remember when you were in high school. We played weenie bowl uh, indoors. Oh, we yeah, I was there. See, you don't even remember me, man. Now, that hurts. But anyway, I remember you. You were there because I remember you had just made All-State, I think. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, school, right? all state, yeah. yeah, and uh, I remember, you know, you, you know, and you, this was before, you. maybe your junior or senior year, it just ended, uh, football, and you, were, you know, I. That I think I remember, and I was like, wow, this kid's a... Charlie Hill's got a good looking athlete here and all state and everything. And I don't know if you had planned to go to Franklin yet or not. You, maybe you had, but uh, I do remember you.
2: Wow. So I guess uh, maybe even my dad forgot that you had played that recently. Cause when he, he asked me, like, <laughs> make sure you ask him when the
1: last time he played was. <laughs> well, <laughs> I quit playing when all you, I, I kind of gave it up when it, when it, it quit getting competitive and, all the kids were running around, driving everybody crazy. And see, at the time, I wasn't married yet, and didn't have kids, and didn't know what a joy that was yet. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So now I get it. Now I get it that those Great were the best. Thing times, now actually.
2: is that we're all like twenties and thirties at this point. So now it's competitive again. It's fantastic. Well,
1: I, I'm afraid that I don't think I could be competitive. I think you guys have all raced way by us. I think our, you know, obviously our our we've gone down a hill as you guys have gone uphill. <laughs> But, Except for Charlie, I know Charlie is still in great shape, oh, and yeah. I'm sure Leonard will still fling it. <laughs> He's uh, all and time. He, now. <laughs> and he, he and Coach Leonard loves to, or he loves to fly fish now too. So he and I haven't fly fished together yet, Mike and I, but we're going to.
2: Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to say, uh, you know, growing up hearing my dad tell all these kind of stories of you guys. Uh, while you were at Hanover was like one of the biggest inspirations to me to want to go to a small school and like make those memories myself. So just, and I could tell how good of a human being like you, you were and all the you guys that we're friends with just the way my dad talked about you guys. So thank you for being, you know, a great friend of my dad and that kind of stuff. I
1: I appreciate that. I appreciate that Chaz. You know, I, I I hate to keep, going on and on but uh, you know Charlie and I and Mike you know sometimes when you get to college you kind of find a group like yourself you know we all just fit together pretty well you know what I mean and and that's that's a I think a key for any kids in high school or college is the group of friends you can find yourself with you know so you can be who you are and um you know Charlie and those guys were just my kind of guys and we just we just came together naturally and and, uh, you know, that's something that you always hope for for your kids, that they find a good group of friends because that's crucial. But I know that you are what you are because of your dad and, and your mom and the way they've raised you. And, and like I always said in my social classes, you know, we're all products of our environment and many people influence us and shape us, you know, starting with our families. And uh, it's amazing how we take these things uh, through our whole lives. So pretty cool. I've really enjoyed this, guys. I've really, really enjoyed getting to talk to you it's been a it's been fun
0: it has been a good time so uh thanks again for all your time uh tomorrow join us for steve a house principal at fchs and then on friday we will have jake sappenfield 1998 grad of franklin high school talking about his career and their 1997 run to the elite eight at hinkle field house uh for chaz hill i am brian powers Thank you again to Brett Bardwell and enjoy watching the Milford Mudlarks in retirement, Bards.
1: <laughs> Coach Gil my man. He was my mentor. <laughs> all
0: right. We'll see you all later. Thank you very much.